This is Scuba Goat the podcast for the inquisitive diver. Hey there, dive buddies, and welcome to the show. During this episode, I'm touching base with a couple of buddies of mine, Christian Parton of Shark and Ray Entanglement, who has started his own YouTube channel called Shark Bites, and also director of Shark Guardian, Brendan Singh, who's going to give us an update on how things are progressing with the petition to UK Parliament to ban the importation of shark fins. But before that, I just want to take this opportunity to thank all of the guests and supporters of Scuba Goat throughout its infancy and announce that as we progress into 2021, we have some exciting changes ahead. Now it's time to put on my big boy fins and take the giant stride entry into high quality production. Now that doesn't mean that I've been to night school and learnt anything new, far from it. Just the dawn of realisation that uh, we need to step up the game. So I found a professional sound studio right here in Sydney. Woohoo! 2021 is looking so good. I cannot wait to get in there and give it a go. So once again, thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support. And I just want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Enjoy the festivities and let's look forward to a much better New Year. All going diving there. They're all down here on long weekends and holidays. And it's, um, you know what? I really like it. I think it's awesome. Yeah. And I'm not jealous in the slightest. Honest. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not jealous of either of you. You've both got incredibly warm weather. And outside right now, it's pouring down. <laughs> Literally, I can see the rain lashing against the window. It's less than seven degrees. Nice. Well, I've got the fan on and I've had to pull the blind because the sun's too bright. <laughs> yeah i've already had my first shower today because i've already been sweating this morning running around with the girls outside that's the thing look I'm, i've not got sunburn at all it's it's red from the heat here's me double parked with a coffee and a baileys at 104 a.m <laughs> cheers fellas happy days uh, I like so, it. yeah, you know, sometimes you have to look at the positives in life. There's always somebody else worse off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if it's any consolation, uh, Christian, uh, the missus and I have, have booked to go away for a long weekend further up the coast here because it's obviously gloriously mm. sunny and perfect conditions. But this week, it's meant to be lashing down all week. Um, the visibility is going to be like half a metre, so we're probably not even going to get in the water. So there's your consolation prize. <laughs> how's the um, how's the YouTube channel going? Oh, I am loving it, Matt. Absolutely loving doing it. Um, yeah. the, so we've we've just literally ended the uh, the first season um, because I thought you know 15 episodes was I'd say about a season, and I think it's important to kind of have a break, take stock, refresh ideas. Um, you know, get, let some more content kind of come out in the world that I can actually sort of have a look at in the videos. Um, and then it gives me a chance to just kind of have a real think about the channel and how to grow it and lots of new ideas and stuff, how I can kind of incorporate maybe a younger audiences, like with things like a creature feature and stuff like that. Um, Cause at the moment it's sort of targeted at kind of you know, like 16 to 25 ish, that sort of young YouTuber kind of snappy type stuff. But I also kind of, I do want to do stuff for the kids as well, because they're the ones that actually are going to continue to watch YouTube as they're growing up. Yeah. Um, so to have little things like, you know, a creature feature in, in 60 seconds or something just catches that audience straight away. And 
yeah. it gives me a little bit of time to to um to kind of think about those ideas now for for season two but i'm i'm absolutely loving doing it yeah love love it to bits um have you thought about stuff for geriatrics like me and brendan I'd have to have a hard think about that one. Yeah, How can yeah. I captivate your audience? Hey, well, Brendan's More your man. Jacques and, stuff. Well, Brendan and Brendan and Liz, because they're constantly doing the the kids stuff at the the schools and all that kind of stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. you guys should talk together, and I'll, I'll stick with the geriatrics. <laughs> But that's the thing, I'm always looking at ways to try and grow it. Absolutely, and we're always looking for content as well, you know, stuff to be able to share. So, uh, yeah, let's let's have a look at that. Yeah. Shark bites. Very cool. Check it out. It's good. It's good. If I don't say so myself, it's not too bad. I I do like the mix on the back wall there as well, as soon as you've got a couple of sharks and you've also got Boba Fett. (laughs) It's my love (laughs) for Star Wars. You'll actually be so impressed that I also... uh, I also have this bad boy. No way. Oh, no. Well, I'm I'm slightly crazy on Star Wars as well, and in particular at the moment, The Mandalorian. And that's my screen. Yeah. Yes. Love that Grogu life. Happy days. Well, um, things are changing over here at the podcast as well. Um, I'm going to be taking up a, a new position in January um, albeit Nomadic Scuba still going and so Scuba Goat um, but I like to keep busy so I'm another job but I'm going to be on the road quite a lot so I'm stepping up the game there's a recording studio just around the corner here so we're going to go all whistles and bells all singing and dancing in a proper kick-ass studio so nice. uh, That's come awesome. the yeah come the new year we should uh, ramp it up again and, and hopefully hit that one a week maybe even more That'll be brilliant. Love that. Love that. Get me on more. I want to be on more. <laughs> <laughs> Easily done. Now we're going to studio. Right? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now, leading in nicely, Brendan, come on. Go big or go home. Um, I think you've gone exceptionally big this year and oh, yes. been extremely successful so far. And this is why we're online now. I want to get an update. Let's hear it from the horse's mouth. What's going on, brother? So, with the success of the, the petition, we've had uh, several replies and communication from the UK government, and they've all been extremely positive, right? Uh, we, we did an update just recently to show the, uh, the, the positive response that we have from the government of the UK regarding the petition to ban shark finning to the UK. Now, there is some of it is can be looked at as just uh, them just repeating the same old jargon and that the delaying, but there is actually a lot of positive news coming out of the UK with regarding this issue. But I think that the even bigger news was <clears throat> just a little bit over a week ago, we received well, actually, there was a, a press release by the UK government that they're calling for evidence to look at the effect of shark finning uh, as well as imports of shark finning to UK and it is in direct response to the success of the petition. So it's, it's massive, it's really, really big. And with that press release, what they're doing is they've created a portal for us as organizations, uh, researchers, scientists, marine biologists, everybody within the field, anybody who's involved in with anything to do with shark protection. 
have an opportunity to go into their survey and provide that evidence for the UK government. And it's, um, it's due within the first week uh, of January. Mm -hmm. we're, we're collaborating with a bunch of uh, organizations, including uh, the Shark Project in the EU. Uh, we're in direct communication with Paul Cox from Shark Trust. And as a collaborated effort, we're actually putting this uh, evidence together uh, for the UK government. And it's looking extremely positive. So I hope that by, let's say, latest mid next year, uh, we're going to find some really big announcements come out of the UK. And that is in direct result of our campaign. Happy days. Congratulations, mate. That's excellent news. Yeah, so that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. And you're going to, uh, you're going to feel that over in the UK, hopefully, Christian. Oh, absolutely. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think that. I mean, I've already seen how much reach it's had. You know, purely, purely from the campaign alone, and 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 to get that, you know, over the line was was such a great thing to happen. And I was so excited. You know, although I wasn't, you know, playing a major role in the campaign, watching it kind of just start to snowball was was such an exciting thing to see as someone who, you know loves and, and cares about sharks so much to see that get over the line was was exciting and then to see the news last week as well for that call to evidence and and starting to to see people saying yeah you know i've got evidence and i'm going to send it straight in was just really really great to see mm -hmm. is there anything and the other the other well the other positive thing i'd like to add there is that <clears throat> because the petition went through i think everybody expects there to be a a debate date for it to go to Parliament for it to start to be debated, whether it, but I think that the fact that they've actually put this call out for evidence actually suggests that they're beyond that. Yeah. So to a certain extent, I don't think there will even be a debate in Parliament. I think there's already action being taken. And I think that as soon as a lot of us put this evidence together, it's a done deal. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, so it's, it's really been fast tracked to a certain point. And that's what's really exciting about this. It's actually gone above and beyond what the normal uh, expectations are when it comes to results of a position. And that's, it's really positive. Like I can explain how positive that is. And it's, it's really great. Well, to be fair, I mean, it's got to have opened the eyes of um, those guys that do sit in parliament because albeit they're, you know, meant to be very well educated, et cetera, et cetera. It's only once something's highlighted that you actually get your, your attention drawn to it that you realize the severity of a situation. So I think there's probably quite a few of those guys that were completely oblivious to what's actually been allowed to access the country. Absolutely. But, and, and also on the other side, we, I think, you know, Parliament, they, they have so much on their plate, right? there's brexit there's tons of other issues so you know to a certain extent you can also understand why something like this might might not be in, on their radar mm. but at the same time it's really surprising to see how many of them genuinely care a bit about wildlife issues when it comes to sharks or or general protection of wildlife and mm. that's what's really exciting about this too and i you know hands down to the uk government that when they see things like this they they really take it on board i don't think if, if we were anywhere else in europe or the us there's no way this would have gotten this far this quickly definitely not so credit credit to the uk government for you know taking this taking this to heart definitely it is definitely great great to see that for sure you know the government does get a lot of flack and rightly so in in some cases for sure but it's great to see them actually you know 
taking somewhat of a of a step forwards on this um, because it's so important. Yeah. Now, Brendan, is there anything that um, you know the general public can do to um, support what's going on right now? Yeah. Uh, well, one of the things we are doing to highlight not only the petition but also to help educate the MPs is we created these awesome little postcards that uh, we're getting the public to send to the MPs. So people can go on to our website and they can buy a stack of 20 postcards or more. And what they're doing is they're finding their MPs by going online and searching who their MP is if they don't know already. And they can find their address, add their details to this postcard and send it through. And we've been getting videos and pictures of people holding up their postcard next to the postbox or sticking it in there, which is great. Um, we also created a portal where people can go onto our page and there's uh, an automated tweeting mechanism that we've added there. So if you go onto our campaign page, it says tweet your MP, basically a box comes up, you find your MP, you click tweet, an automated message comes up with the link and everything else, all you, all you have to do is send. So we're making the process extremely easy. So it's to keep the MPs up to date with the petition. And just in case there is a possibility, maybe it still happens to go to Parliament for whatever reason, at least a, a lot of those MPs will kind of be in the loop of, of the campaign, the petition, and what it's about. Mm. Um, so that's where people can help. We've, we've, had, we've had a few uh, people email saying, oh, you know, we've, we've logged into the uh, request for evidence from the government. Um, uh, what can I fill in? And, you know, to be honest, we've actually sent a reply and saying, look, we, we love that the public want to get involved and, and do this. However, at the moment, it's a coalition between organizations, scientists and researchers who are really providing this evidence. Because if a lot of people jump on and just start filling in, you know, whatever comes to mind onto this evidence block, it can dilute the important stuff when it gets to government. So we don't, we don't actually want a lot of uh, public people going and writing all kinds of things in these evidence boxes to the UK government. So I suggested like leave, leave that to us because we, we really have it in hand. We are dealing with people with that knowledge and expertise in this, but you can, you can help through the campaign by pushing it towards your MPs. And mm. you know, that's the best people can do at this point because the hard work of getting the petition is done, right? So that we did that, it's, we, we yeah. won it. So now it's just supported by reminding the MPs about it. So, and, and just to, hold on a moment, I think my, uh, I think my computer's going crazy. Yeah, there we go. Ever the popular, Matt. It's, it's the missus. What do I want for tea? Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, um, just picking up on what you said there, uh, Brendan, um, you guys are doing the good stuff and putting all the information together for the MPs. But what we don't want to do is, is put people off that might have some really credible and good information that you could utilize. So, um, just for those people, and I'm sure you don't mind me saying so, those people that might be watching now and now thinking of maybe not sending, just, just send it over to Brendan. Send it to yeah. Sharp Guardian. If it's credible and it can be used, then it'll get used. That's it. Yeah. And then quite rightly, so yeah, people do have, you know, somebody in, it sends us an email and says, you know, they are, um, they were involved in uh, trade out of the UK and they have experience working in fisheries. That'll be vital. Yes. Uh, you know, as an example. So, yes, that would be interesting to know. Yeah. 100%. Uh, so I mean, anecdotes, anecdotes can be incredibly valuable. Um, you know, anecdotes are anecdotes at the end of the day. They're not, mm. you know, big reviews. They're not, they're not scientific papers. But anecdotes can provide additional data points. And, and you know, 
me as a scientist in, in my research, um, you know, I relied heavily on anecdotes of shark entanglements to inform, you know, the papers that I was writing. So they can really, really make a difference. But like you said, you know, we don't want to dilute it too much, but they can be helpful if used in the right way. Exactly. That's correct. Yeah. So Kristen, you had a chance to look at the, uh, the evidence uh, questionnaire. What did you, what did you think of it? I thought it was you know, fair. I mean, it's not, it's not my speciality of shark research. Um, I do know a fair few people who are working on it. Um, and I know that they will have some really, really good data to submit to that evidence questionnaire. I mean, it was kind of like looking for sort of literature reviews and sort of mm. systematic stuff. Um, but again, it, it also called for anecdotes as well. Um, but I know that um, a couple of researchers here at the University of Exeter, so there was um, Catherine Hobbs and um, I'm trying to remember his name now, um, Dr. Andrew Griffiths. He um, and Catherine wrote a paper a couple of years ago, actually, where they were using mini barcoding um, to analyze some fins that they'd got from a wholesaler in the UK. Um, and now that data is, is you know, definitely going to be sent across to the government and that's going to really really inform it i think they got some they got some dried fins from a uk-based wholesaler um and basically analyzed them using this dna barcoding mini barcoding method and we're, we're able to identify from that that some of the fins that were being sold and, and distributed to sort of you know asian supermarkets and restaurants um they were from threatened species of sharks like scalloped hammerheads for example so you know this is happening in our country. We know this is happening in our country. Um, and, you know, the research by Dr. Andrew Griffiths and, and Catherine Hobbs is, is going to be vital in, in providing that evidence to the government and to kind of open their eyes, really. Mm. There's no kind of getting around the fact there, is there? There's, there's the proof in the pudding uh, and scientific proof at that. Um, you can't say that it's all been uh, safely done and, and it's just you know, unimportant sharks, if they want to put it that way or whatever. Oh, that's correct. And there's, um, you know, there, there, and there is a lot of, um, the, the, the questionnaire of call for evidence is so broad that I, it's, that's why we're co collaborating with some other organizations because it's, um, it's, it's unlikely that one organization or individual is going to have the evidence or answers for all the questions that they're asking. So it certainly will, uh, it's, you know, there's some questions that are definitely more suited to Dr. Andrew Griffiths and his team. Uh, Christian will probably also support something in there. We support something in there. But we don't have to answer every single question. The idea is that we try and answer each of the questions to the best of our ability. Whatever we don't know, we're not sure about, rather than speculate, just leave that part out and hopefully somebody else will fill in that gap. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's why collaboration on this kind of stuff is so, so important. And it needs to, you know, it, ha it, it does happen, but I always want it to happen more than it does because when you collaborate with organizations and charities and researchers and scientists across this country, we have such a, a valuable pot of information there that collaboration can only provide good results. Mm. That's right. And just to, I'd like to actually um, uh, read one of the questions out for you, if you like. Okay. And... Uh, I'm just bringing up the, the, the evidence list and the reason why we're so confident, although there's no 
the government doesn't actually specifically reference the, the recent petition and the success of it. But given the, the kind of questions they're asking, uh, it's certainly very clear that it is. So one of the, the first questions that they get to after some of the uh, information questions from the submitters is, please provide any evidence you have of the amount or value of shark fins entering the UK. And they ask, uh, bullet pointed, the amount or value of sharks uh, through the personal import allowance. So they know that because obviously that was a big highlighted point of the petition. Yeah. Which shark species these are derived from? Any information on shark fins which do not require a CITES import or export permit? So in response to that, uh, what we did is we kind of um, highlighted the fact that, yes, there is this 20 kilogram allowance that goes under fish um, or fish products allowance category. Uh, there's a link to that. And then we've tried to provide some evidence on you know, the amount of shark fin that takes up that, that import allowance and also why that it makes it so difficult for anybody to, to try and find out which species they're coming from. Because if, first of all, if it's, not be, if it's not even needing to be declared, nobody's gonna look at it. So therefore, there's almost an under the, under the radar trade happening with possible endangered species mm. of shark fin. And that's, that's the, the thing that we're really pointing out here, as well as the, the value of the shark fin uh, being extremely highly taxed that is also being missed because normally um, anything above 390 pounds of import value should be uh, declared into customs when it's coming in. But if you were to bring 20 kilograms of shark fin into the UK with a value of over 4,000 pounds, that shows there's a, there's a tax evasion issue. Yeah. So th those are the points we're highlighting there. They're pretty, um, they're pretty solid, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you know, it, it shows you there that the question, the question is so broad. It's yeah. such a broad question. And, right. and, you know, you can kind of see what they're, what they're trying to, to do there. And they're trying to make it almost so broad that it's, you almost can't provide an answer to that. Um, but and, you know, I quite like that answer, Brendan, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd have been able to answer it as well as you. <laughs> No, that's great. And uh, you know, the, what, what we hope that is that uh, once they collect all these evidence submissions, they're going to they're gonna start seeing some kind of consistency. When they see enough of the same information coming through, although with slight variations, that doesn't matter. I think once they see that the information is coming through and it's all very consistent, which I, which I think it will be, that's what's going to be great. Because then they're going to see, yes, there's, there's certainly a need for change here. Mm. What do you think? Um, it, it, I'm just trying to think outside the box now, but <clears throat> if they see the, the value of the worth of fins, do you think there's a possibility that they might actually try and do 50-50, kind of reduce the amount that you can bring in, but then make sure that they're getting revenue from what is being allowed to be brought in? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, well, our response to that, and this, this kind of part of the, the bigger answer I've given to that previous question was that, first of all, imagine somebody coming into the customs. Mm. You know, if you think through it practically now, right? Somebody comes into customs, they've got a 20, kilo bag, a 20 kilogram bag of shark fin. Uh, how many shark fins is that? Individual shark fins, how many, how many do you think that would be? Eight. A couple of hundred? <laughs> 
Depends on the size of the shark, Brendan. <laughs> exactly, right. So it really depends on the size of the shark, definitely. So basically you're looking at, depending on you know how small the fin, it can be anything between eight to 60. Okay. All right. So you're saying that there's going to be a, a, an expert at the border customs control who's going to be able to pick up individual lisbon and go, yep, oh, yep, that's an endangered hammerhead. Oh, no, that one's fine. No, this one's fine. Oh, no, this is an endangered. No, that one's not. You think that's going to happen? So we're trying to say to the government, are you, are you going to be in the position to be able to not only put those procedures in place, but enforce it as well? Mm. It's going to open up this big box of problems, right? So wouldn't it just be easier just to say no? Yeah. Doesn't that sound like such a much better idea? That's the angle we're playing. Right? So rather than trying to come up with all these extra procedures that's going to cost a lot more money and training and da da da, isn't it easier just to say nothing? And that's what, and that's that's our proposal. Yeah, yeah. So if they approach the you, if, if they approach you to give you a job, Christian, on on <laughs> yeah. importation, your value is too high. Okay. <laughs> yeah. give, and me, give me some the, DNA barcoding methods and I'll yeah. give it a good go that's it, so you need to set up a laboratory in each uh, customs hall with all the equipment, state of the art equipment that you need to diagnose the DNA of every shark species that comes in mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's an impossible task isn't it it, is, it, it, it can be done it's definitely, it's definitely an impossible task I think what's important to note is that sustainable shark fisheries are a thing and and we should make that clear i think to the audience however in this example the the task required by people at border control to ensure that these fins are coming from a sustainable shark fishery is so difficult the the, the methods they would have to have in place far far exceed what they would be able to do compared to just being like, actually, no, you can't bring it in. Mm. Um, but it, I think it is important that, that we do say sustainable shark fisheries do exist in the world. You know, I don't think you, we will ever be able to stop the, the fishing and, and finning of sharks because it's so widespread. But I think in this example that we're you know, using here, it's so, so difficult for them to, to really get a hold on it. Yeah, essentially yeah well this is one of the things that brendan and liz have been on about for years i know when i was working in png and they were talking about um you know looking after the sharks there and the, the instant go-to for brendan was well which airlines fly out of png and do they carry fins you know it's it's you can't cut the head off a snake but you can certainly make a lot of damage to the neck of it can't you just make it you just make it increasingly difficult yeah. <laughs> that's it <laughs> Stop the stop the uh, transportation routes, uh, higher the taxes, increase the permit needs, those kind of things to try and to try and bottleneck it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, fellas, uh, I think we'll wrap it up for now. Um, it's been great seeing you both. We must do this more often. It's been far Definitely. too long, especially we get this year out of the way and stroll on into a fantastic new year, uh, new year and 2021. Oh yeah. Um, all the very best for Christmas. I hope you get very, very drunk and enjoy the time with the family as well, Brendan. Thank you very um, much. Christian's already started on the basics. <laughs> <laughs> Half one in the morning here, Matt. This is what we do in England. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, fellas. I'll speak to you soon. Very good. Bye -bye. Nice to see you, Christian. Take care. Cheers, chaps. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is...
Scuba Go Go Under the Sea. The podcast for the inquisitive diver.